Thanks for checking out the Harvest Valley Church podcast. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are accepted. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages and challenges you. Now here is the Sunday AM message. Good morning, everyone. Today is a day for great celebration and rejoicing in the Lord. In just a little while, we'll be heading out to the patio to baptize people. Today, we, the people of God, along with the host of heaven, will witness the power of God's triumphant victory over the kingdom of darkness. And we here at Harvest Valley are so honored to come alongside you in this journey and help you fight the good fight of faith. Last week, Pastor Charlie did a phenomenal job at laying down a groundwork for what we are about to do. And just to reaffirm what was already spoken last week, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about what baptism is, why be baptized, and what it means for us as Christians. Let us pray. Precious Heavenly Father, thank you for gathering us here together. Please let the name of your Son, Jesus, be glorified in all that it is said and done. Lord, you said in your word that you lead your people from glory to glory. Thank you, Father, for moving in the hearts of your sons and daughters to follow after Jesus through the waters of baptism. Bless your people, God. Please help me to encourage them. Let your words go forth in power, touching every mind and every heart. Have your way, God. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Okay, so water baptism is a public declaration of a personal faith that we've come to in Jesus Christ. It is an outward expression of an inward belief. And it's an act of obedience in following Jesus. Jesus himself was actually water baptized. He walked nearly 75 miles on foot to the place where John the Baptist was preaching and baptizing in the Jordan River. When we look at the Bible, we see that Jesus' earthly ministry began by the act of water baptism. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Then Jesus arrived from Galilee at the Jordan, coming to John to be baptized by him. But John tried to prevent him, saying, I have the need to be baptized by you, and yet... You are coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Allow it at this time, for in this way it is fitting to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. After he was baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and settling on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. It was from there that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights where he was tempted by the devil. When he came out of the wilderness, having overcome the temptations of the devil, Jesus continues in his earthly ministry, preaching the kingdom of heaven, performing miracles, signs, and wonders, and making disciples. When, 
We're here today because of the ministry of Jesus that we read about in the scriptures that has set forth a pattern for all of us. Not only the pattern of how to have a personal relationship with God through what Jesus did on the cross and his resurrection, but also the pattern in how we should follow Jesus. You know that every person that Jesus called to be his disciple, he did with two words. He said, follow me. And part of following Jesus, that means that we follow in his example. The reason why Jesus wanted to be baptized, he told to John the Baptist when John tried to prevent him. Jesus answered and said to him, permit it be so now, for thus is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness, Matthew 3.15. What Jesus was saying to John is, John, let's do this because it's an act of obedience unto the Father. One of the things we need to realize about baptism is that after we become born again, after we experience salvation, is now we need to take our next step in following Jesus and our next opportunity to demonstrate our faithful obedience to him. And that's one of the things that baptism is. The word baptism actually comes from the Greek word, baptizo, which means to completely submerge, to saturate, or to overwhelm something. This is why we here at Harvest Valley believe in total submersion of water, because it represents complete surrender unto Christ's lordship. In the book of Acts chapter 8, there is an Ethiopian eunuch who is reading the scroll of Isaiah in his chariot. As he's doing this, a man of great faith, Philip, not one of the 12 disciples, but a man described as being filled with the Holy Spirit. He comes alongside the eunuch as he's reading the scroll of Isaiah and tells him the good news about Jesus in relation to the scroll that he's reading. They travel down the road together in the chariot, and they come across a body of water. Acts 8, 36 through 37. And the eunuch said, See, here is some water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Then the Bible says that Philip took the man down into the water and immediately <clears throat> baptized him. The eunuch believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and he was baptized. Philip took him down under the water and brought him back up, just like Jesus was baptized. And just like the disciples themselves were also baptized, they were completely submerged and immersed in water as a physical act that was a prophetic declaration of their death, burial, and resurrection in new life. Paul writes in Romans chapter 6 that when you and I are baptized, that's exactly what's happening. It's a burial of our old man. Romans 6, 3-4 or do you not know that as many of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. So when we're saved, when we receive Jesus Christ into our hearts as Lord and Savior, we become a new creation in Christ Jesus. What do we do with the old man? The same thing that we do with physical bodies when they die. We need to bury the old man. 
And the place that we bury the old man is in the chaotic waters of baptism. And when we come up out of the water in Christ, just like Jesus came out of the tomb in the newness of life, what we're doing, according to Romans chapter 6, is that we are identifying ourselves with Christ. We are saying we are no longer in Adam. We no longer live according to our old identities that tried to define us. But now that we've buried the old man, we're coming up into the newness of life, in the footsteps of Jesus, walking in the power of Jesus, as a disciple of Jesus. And we're doing this to declare to the heavenlies, to declare to the world around us and declare to the rest of the Christian community that we are now a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen? <clears throat> when God created the first creation in Genesis chapter 1, he called everything out of the waters. In the same way, when we are baptized, God calls us forth out of the waters as a new creation in Christ Jesus. Baptism is a powerful declaration of what we believe, and it's something that Jesus commanded all believers to do. <clears throat> no one can accuse Jesus of asking us to do something that he wasn't willing to do himself. He said, a servant is not above his master, and a student is not above his teacher, but everyone who was fully trained will be like his master or his teacher. Jesus walked his talk, <clears throat> so it's no coincidence, it's no surprise that Jesus, when he instructed his disciples to go out and recruit others to follow him, that he included the act of baptism. In Matthew chapter 16, 16 Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Jesus also said in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, Go, therefore, and make disciples out of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you, and, lo, I am with you, even to the end of this age. Now, it's important to know that baptism doesn't save us, but that baptism is an outward declaration of the fact that we are saved. It's our first act of obedience. We are told to do a physical act of bearing the old and coming out into the new. Paul the Apostle said in Philippians 1.21, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. We need to decrease so that God may increase. This flesh of ours needs to die. As Christians... We are no longer to live for ourselves, but we are to live for Christ and obey his commands. Baptism is just the beginning. It is a sacred act that's endearing to God because we are identifying with his son. And it moves the heart of God as a father because in essence, we are saying, God, I am not ashamed of you. I love you. My life is in your hands. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, to be quite frank with you, and if I could be candid, we as the American or Western body of Christ don't really understand the cost of allegiance. In our Christian culture in the Western world, we have been a bit shallow and cavalier when it comes to the sacred things of God, and baptism is one of them. In many countries around the world, people are being brutally 
brutally persecuted and lose their very lives for being caught in the act of baptism. I read a story about a man, a Buddhist man from the Orient who converted to Christianity. Now his family embraced him as a Christian until the day that he told them that he was going to be baptized. When he was, after he was baptized, his family kicked him out and totally disowned him and no longer wanted to have anything to do with him because the act of baptism was crossing the line for them. There was actually a young lady here at this church. She didn't face quite as severe persecution from her family. However, her faith was tested by the act of baptism. And there was a strong possibility that her mother, her close relationship with her mother, would be strained as the result of her decision. Her mother felt that she would be erasing and dishonoring her childhood Catholic baptism by being baptized again. But this girl had made up her mind. She counted the cost. She was going to follow Jesus no matter what. There was no option for her. She lovingly told her mother that she wouldn't be erasing what what had came before. In fact, this was part of the fruit of her mother's prayers for God to move on her behalf. She was just reaffirming her faith in God. She then... then thanked her mother sincerely for raising her up in the way of the Lord and then told her that this was something that the Holy Spirit was leading her to do because God was preparing her. He was preparing her for things to come. Amen? I had the privilege of baptizing this young lady. And on that day when she was baptized, there was a release of heavenly authority upon her life and the lives of all those who were baptized that day. A couple months later, in just a short time, this young lady is now leading a missions team at her church in the country of Mexico. Isn't that amazing? Come on, God. Give God the glory. When you give your life to Christ and walk in a surrendered lifestyle, people are going to look at you differently. That's just the way it is. Some people are going to rejoice with you. Some people are going to reject you. It's not always going to be pretty. But let me tell you, when you lay your life down for the Lord, the Lord gives you back so much more in return. Things that the world cannot offer, unspeakable joy, a peace that surpasses all understanding, a steadfast faith that can move mountains and set captives free and riches in heaven that will never fade away or perish. For many of our fellow brothers and sisters who live in a place where their faith puts them directly in the line of danger, they understand the sacredness. They understand the power and the symbolism of baptism. So it makes me say, how much more should we who believe, who live in a land of freedom and are followers of Christ, how much more should we be baptizing people? How much more should we be serving the Lord and making disciples? The last thing we need to know about baptism is that baptism changes something in our heart because we've obeyed God. In the book of Colossians, Paul talks about baptism as being a circumcision of the heart. It's a cutting away of the old Adamic nature, the nature of the flesh that leads to sin and death, 
And it's unveiling the nature of the Spirit, which leads to life and peace. It's unveiling and embracing a new, soft, pliable heart that's being shaped by the Holy Spirit. One of the very first acts of obedience by a Christian is typically water baptism. And when we do this, there is literally a cutting away that takes place by obeying Jesus that gives us a new, soft, pliable heart to hear his voice, to obey him, and walk in his footsteps. I truly believe that this one foundational and crucial act of obedience gives birth to further and even greater acts of obedience. When we come up out of the water, in the new, there is newness of life. There is a special anointing that falls upon us. I can't fully describe it, but there is a boldness that leads us into sharing our faith with others and telling upon Jesus, an infilling of the Holy Spirit, a a, a passing of power. The Bible talks about dunamis power. It's a dynamite power where we just explode from deep deep within us, deep within our wells. The Spirit just explodes, and we are sharing our faith through our words and through our deeds, right? So, I, so part, why does this happen? Because part of obedience means that we surrender our hearts and will to the will of the Father. We are saying to the Father that we want to surrender all that we are to his love and authority. We want to surrender to his wisdom. We want to surrender his, to his thoughts, and we want to surrender to his direction for our lives. We want that passion and zeal to pick up our cross and follow the Lamb wherever He goes. <clears throat> this reminds me of Pastor Derek's testimony last week. Here was this group of believers eagerly desiring to be baptized, but then they came across all these obstacles that were going to delay their baptism. The baptism pool was dirty, the water was cold and stagnant. There were even bugs in the water. Pastor Derek asked the people what they wanted to do. Everyone was hesitant, except for one woman, who then pulled off her wig, weeping, and said, Pastor, if you don't mind, can I please get baptized today? I have cancer. I don't know if I'll see tomorrow. When I get to heaven and stand, I want to stand before God with confidence, knowing that I've done everything that I possibly could for Jesus. It was with these very words that Pastor Derek, as well as all of the people who were hesitant, began to weep. The result was that all the people were baptized that day. Not one of them chose to wait. Amen. This woman understand that our lives on this, heaven, uh, this side of eternity are but a vapor. Here one moment and a pfft, gone the next, just like the morning dew. But she was looking ahead into eternity. She was looking ahead into glory where everyone will first have to give an account for what they have done or what they haven't done. Even their thoughts will be judged. And then... We will be rewarded in accordance with what we have done in Christ. Worship team, can I please have you come up at this time? Thank you. My question to you today is, how is your story going to play out? How is your story going to play out? 
How is your story going to play out? How is your children's story going to play out? God has given each one of us a testimony, and we are called to steward our testimony as a son or daughter, not only in God's house, but wherever we set our feet. Scripture says they overcame him, that is the devil, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Your faith in Christ and baptism alone has the power to witness to people. And empowered by the Holy Spirit, it testifies to the glory of God because you are a son or daughter of the King of glory, the creator of all things. You now belong to him to declare his praises. You are now sealed in Christ and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you as you walk in a surrendered lifestyle to he who has ransomed your very soul from eternal separation from God. And this is why, brothers and sisters, it is an honor as a follower of Christ that we're able to share and participate in baptism because it declares our allegiance to him. Now, if you've never asked Jesus to come and live in your heart, then I'd like to give you the opportunity to receive Jesus right now. It's quite simple. Bow your heads and repeat after me. Lord, I am a sinner, and my sins are many. But on this day, I turn away from my sins. I turn away from my old way of doing things. I turn away from my old way of thinking. And I turn towards you. Forgive me, Father. I confess with my mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord. And I believe in my heart that you raised them from the dead. Put people in my life, God, to walk with me, to encourage me, and to hold me accountable. Place me in a Bible-teaching church so that I might grow. Fill me with your spirit as I walk in obedience to your commands. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. I would like to make a second call. If you're a believer and have not been water baptized, let me encourage you to take that next step, to make a public declaration of your faith by being water baptized. Maybe you've already been baptized, but you want to rededicate and reestablish your commitment and walk with Christ. God may be speaking to some of you today. He may be speaking to you about a new season and doing a new thing in your life. This could be the very act that the Holy Spirit will work through to thrust you into your God-given future. 
make the most out of this opportunity because to be honest, and I say this in, in all love, tomorrow is promised to no one. That's not me saying and This is the word of God. Tomorrow is promised to no one. Jesus is coming soon. It doesn't take much to see that. We start with the well-pleased in our Christian walk. Let's make sure that we end with the well done, my good and faithful servant. Thanks for Amen. your support. Harvest Valley Church in Pleasanton has a passion to teach and equip people from various journeys of life through the love and grace of Jesus. If you want to connect with us, join us online at harvestvalley.org or on our Facebook page. Thanks for stopping by.